anyway, I had to go to county lockup 30 days and I got out and my friends, like any good military friend should do, um, said, you want to like pay rent or get food? No, let's throw a party and invite whores and, and have a gangbang. Hey, welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Ken, the artist formerly known as Punk Rock, and I'm sitting here with uh, our good friend Jim today with a very special guest. We got John Rogue from what you may have heard, The Colors Magazine. And then, John, you also have something else going on, right? Rogue uh, Rogue Entertainment Industries, right? Well, um, I have Rogue Photography. We did, uh, after Colors, did a stint with uh, Easy Riders and all their publications. Um, uh, my editor at the time now runs um, Biker Lives Matter, so we've been doing that for, I'm sorry, um, bikernet.com, so we've been doing that for the last 25 years or so, um, still doing motorcycle rights, and, you know, staying involved in stuff. Well, right on. Uh, Rogue, could, if you could just start with an introduction, uh. So, so who who is Rogue? How did you get started in the whole biker world? A little bit of your background. Well, I started riding when I was 14. A um, friend of mine rode dirt and uh, raced and had the number one plate in Connecticut. So he taught me to ride in the dirt. I did that till I got a driver's license, and rode around. Uh, I was lucky when I went to, um, in the military, I rode in different other countries, came back after the service, um, rode around, local drive-in kind of things. Um, there was an issue where we got banned from a local park. So, so when you say we... Start- who is we when you say we? At this time, it was just people that rode motorcycles. It, um, it eventually turned into the Huns. Um, we got together, fought the park thing. Um, everybody liked being together and doing all that kind of stuff and the camaraderie with it. So when it was over, we go, we, you know, a couple of the guys go, we ought to start a club. So we did. And that was the Huns Motorcycle Club out of Connecticut? Right, right. It's another chapter. It's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, predominantly there. Had chapters in um, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Canada. So what year was this that, that this started? Mm. Late... 50s, early 60s. I'd have wow. to go look. Yeah, some of the stuff about dates is going to be I'm an old guy now. You know, so when did that really happen? I'm going to be around the date. I have all the paperwork and club yeah. who joined when, whatever, all that stuff, but it's all put away in a so, filing cabinet. What was it like? Late 50s, early 60s, <laughs> for a non-AMA guy to start as to start in this club that uh, that kind of gained a reputation. What what was life like for bikers back then? A lot different. Um, yeah. 
<clears throat> I guess if we're looking at what people of color are telling us that they're going through and getting stopped and harassed, and that was every day, you know. Was, uh, oh, you're not an AMA. Um, who are you? What gang are you in? Whoa, whoa, dude. And I wasn't even in a club at that time. Um, you just had to look. Yeah, well, it was anybody that wasn't dressed like an AMA guy with one of them cloth hats, you know. Um, so when you say cloth hat, what do you mean? The AMA type cloth hat that they used to wear, you know, when they dressed up in the uniforms and did their parades and stuff. So the average blue collar working stiff, I worked in a steel mill. You know, the rest of the guys that were in the club, a lot of them worked in factories, had jobs. But just like you look like, I look like now, you know. I don't know that there was anything. You mean devastatingly handsome? Yeah, yeah, we can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on. So you got harassed a lot every time you went out, huh? Not every time. I I got lucky. I um, at a young age, I got arrested. Um, that was lucky. Yeah, and the cop turned the cop turned out to be a very good friend of mine. His name was Bucky Buchanan. He was infamous in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, him and I became good friends. Um, my next door neighbor's uncle was the chief of police. I had a little deal with him. As long as his nephew didn't get arrested, he'd take care of things for me. <laughs> oh, well, so a couple out. of times, yeah. So I, I had to get out a jail card as long as I kept a, his grand his nephew out of trouble. So, right and on. I, I had uh, my dad was in politics and stuff, so I learned the game real young. So, what was it like? Right, so you were you were part of the mother chapter, is that correct? Yes. What was it like starting a club in the late fifties? I mean, how, what was that process like? Well, we had been going to the local drive-ins like you used to see, you know, with uh, the cars, custom cars and bikes, and the chicks there, you know, pick them up and go for a ride, them kind of things. And. Um, when the issue came up one weekend that no motorcycles allowed in the city park, uh, first thing we did was ride in the city park and, uh, <laughs> and actually called one of the cops that we knew, said, hey, man, I need you to come arrest me. Goes, You're smoking something? I go, no, just come arrest me. I want a ticket. How come? I want to go to court. I'm going to fight this. I pay taxes, the motorcycle's registered, I just serve my country, you know. Um, you know, I'm going in, I'm going in the park. I'm gonna ride in the park, and so are the other guys. So that led to all of us getting involved in some of the AMA stuff with um Fairfield County Motorcycle Association. And it was AMA. Um yeah, they had their thing, we had our thing. When we were successful and overturned the law, 
they sort of went back to their thing. We went, um, okay, um, we missed this. So we said, somebody come up with the bright idea. We ought to start a club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had a bunch of meetings hung out. Uh, we're all hanging out anyway. Had two or three meetings and uh, started the club. Uh, I ended up being secretary and uh, did that for a few years. And then I was vice president and eventually president and international president. It was, a, it was an interesting time. So that first brush with bikers' rights, you think that's kind of what lit the fuse for you to uh, to really go in heavy like you did with a bait and all that for bikers' rights? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, my father was, uh, I don't know what you call him, he was a neighborhood fixer. You know, when I lived in Bridgeport, it was... Um, Italian, Irish neighborhoods kind of thing. And back then... Uh, say no more. We get yeah. it. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, they knew him. They knew me. So when this thing come up, I sort of knew the system. I knew the right lawyer to call. Um, I used to cut the judge's grass. And that was a, was a couple of little things on our side to get it going. And we saw what we accomplished. And you know, there was that, the normal crap, just harassment of bikers going on. And then some idiot come up with one to make. Well, actually, there were five laws. Uh, uh, Joan Claybrook did this thing with the National Highway Transportation Administration. And they were trying to cut down highway deaths. So there was five laws. Mandatory helmet law, 55 mile hour speed limit, seat belts, some kind of, oh, alcohol content, 1.2, you know, so some of that stuff never flew. And they lost a 55 mile hour speed limit thing, obviously. Yeah. People just go, you know, it even had a song about it. I can't drive 55. So Same we're going to go after the bikers. They're not organized. And uh, they actually threatened the states with, with holding highway funds if they didn't pass the law. Um, where I come from, that's blackmail and extortion. So um, I got a hold of my buddy that uh, was in the legislature. And uh, a friend of mine, Donald Pappy Pitsley, was already doing stuff with it. So um, he was uh, the guy doing the legislature. I was the guy supporting, bringing the army in. The club had come in and, um, you know, we did the protests and those very orderly type of thing. I mean, when we actually went, we placed up the grounds when we left, we left the place cleaner. And of course, the big thing was, um, we were coming back from Hartford one time, and had, there were so many of us when we went through the toll station to just shut the highway down. So um, it got interesting. It got interesting after that. And of course, we were getting people to register to vote, and um, the lobby thing, you know, came about. Um, 
after colors, and we'll get back to colors in a minute. Um, Easy Riders took over when colors failed. Yeah, so and, you're talking about the magazine now. Yeah, yeah, we're jumping over to the magazine. I'm liable to get off subject. So if I do, bring me back in where you want me. You know? Right on. <laughs> well, okay, well, let's just take a break. Okay. So right now, you're out of the military. Uh, you grew up in this town. You've started. Uh, with the help of others, you started the Huns Motorcycle Club that eventually would come to be an international motorcycle club. Right. You've started to get into the bikers' rights things and, and really doing great, great things there. How do you go from that to being a photographer and being a writer with this brand new organization called Colors? Which, for our listeners, Colors is the, the original outlaw motorcycle magazine. It is this mythical beast that is just out there that was only out there for a few issues, and it really set the standard for how Easy Rider and, and Outlaw Biker and all those other trade publications eventually came to be. So how did, how did you get into that? Well, when I was in the military, um, I was in French Morocco, and the squadron I was in training pilots to fly. So they wouldn't give them no bullets. They give them gun cameras. So there's plenty of, and we're in the middle of East, you know. So I got into photography. I was able to use the lab on the base. It was nothing to do. We're out in the boonies, man. There ain't nothing but fields and sheep and Muslims and all that kind of thing. So I was a pretty accomplished photographer. And we were just having fun, taking pictures, doing things. And then Phil Castle, uh, which I knew, he was in a club in New Jersey. He, um, we talked about it, and he went and started the club. He started Colors, brought me the first issue, and go, "What do you think of this?" Said, I'm with you. Tell me what I got to do. Right on. So, um, the publication, you know, I was realizing at the time, hey, if you were an AMA, they called you an outlaw. Okay. Um, and we had guys coming back by from the military and stuff, and they're just having fun. We're just a uh, good old country boy living in the city, but you're still a country boy, you know. Yeah. And, uh, just going out and doing this thing that we do and, and not hurting nobody. And just, well, the cops always need something to do. And during the time, the, let me, excuse me, Godfather, but they were going after the Italians and the mafia, which of course never existed. So the Italians got political with them. And they needed somebody to go after. Again, the bikers are dumb. They're going to be easy. Their big mistake is the bikers ain't dumb. And it, we weren't organized. And they forced us to become organized to survive. And uh, we um, we fought them. We kicked yeah. their ass. <laughs> okay. There I've was, always uh, said, I've always said it was so easy to. To infiltrate fight clubs and, and to go after them from a federal point of view, because I mean we don't hide who we are; we, we wear it on our back. So you're absolutely right, John. Absolutely right on that. Well, 
and I disagree with at the time. Okay, it was not easy to get into club. Um, we heard about things, and I am well aware of through my life people that infiltrated clubs, and we exposed a lot of them in Easy Riders years later. But um, it was a uh, prospecting. Okay, mm -hmm. um, my two prospects, one of them worked for me in the steel mill. Okay, and uh, the other one worked in the steel mill, but not for me. Okay, and it was apprenticeship in the steel mill and an apprenticeship to get into the club. It's my job. I mean, I got people that are teaching me how to do things. And, you know, by this time, I'm a grown man, but I'm still learning. Matter of fact, I got people now that I'm 84 years old. I got people teaching me stuff still. And I sort through it. That's good. That's a little bit bullshit, too. You know, you can't run with that. And I sort out what's there and, um, okay, pass it on. And I, I try to take what I've learned and share that with others. And well, luckily, we've had the media beginning with Colors. Uh, when Colors folded after the fifth issue, Lou Kimsey brought me on with Easy Riders in the second issue. Part of that deal was he gave me, I could write whatever I wanted and they wouldn't censor it, but I had to take the weight. No problem, dude. You know, that was comes with the territory. You had, so I'm sorry, you had to take the what? I, I didn't hear you. you had, had to take, take the, the weight. I mean, if I called some politician an asshole, you know, um, <laughs> hey, I said it, you know, and that we can't really print it. Then you want somebody else working for you instead of me. Uh, and then uh, my friend Keith Ball came on. Um, he, uh, when we were doing starting a bait, and he came on after that. He stayed 25 years. I stayed with him in different publications. He went on to start BikerNet, and we're still doing that. I guess I think we just passed 25 years. Most of the stuff I'm doing for Bikernet now is uh, politics and tech articles. I just got a new ride, and I got a, a bunch of nice little goodies to bolt on it and write about it. Keeps me out of, keeps me, you know, having fun doing stuff. Well, let's let's bring it back a little bit to, uh, yep. to colors and the infamous Rogues Gallery. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was the classic. The rogues gallery was technically like our police files, but it was kind of lame. So the English version of our police files is called rogues and rogue files. So I would do an article on somebody like you guys. Okay. Some of them were people I knew and looked just like all of us. Happened to be an engineer at Sikorsky Aircraft. Hardworking guy, family guy. Bad guy? No. Good biker. Uh, lawyers, doctors, Indian chiefs. Okay? It looked like all of us. Okay? 
And that was the rogues gallery. These are the people that you're calling mischievous, bad, evil. They're your next door neighbor, dude. The ones that's in the PTA, the ones that are doing all these kind of things. The bikers are not bad guys. They're the guy next door, chick next door. We had some fun with that chick next door thing too. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, we we called it Mama of the Month, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing this. So, so how long did it take to put together an issue? <laughs> a month. A month. Uh, two. Back in the day, back in the seventies, when we were doing it, now understanding Phil ran a fuel oil company, so he had to make money to get a publisher. So you print one, get it out, and you sell it. Of course, and then they came back in. So you had to have enough money to fund three issues, because you didn't get none of your money back to till. Um, <clears throat> times were tough. And they just couldn't pull it off. And of course, there was a big thing with distributors. Um, there was a, adult publications out at the time, um, Penthouse, Early Playboy, Hustler, all them kind of thing. They weren't having though, but there was big money behind them. Okay, we were a grassroots thing that was just showing our lifestyle. Like, this is what we're doing. We're having big fun doing it. Um, we're not hurting nobody. Everybody's consenting adults. Okay? Um, so, it was a, it was a hard go, um, getting them in the stores to sell. Okay? And a part of it was two issues. One was there was some nudity in it. And the other was, you know, you're back again to outlaws and gangs. And the big argument is they're not gangs. We spent so much time trying to say we're not a gang, we're a club. And a matter of fact, my friend that I told you about, this detective, his favorite thing to me when he'd call the Huns a gang, I'd get, we're not a gang, we're not a gang, we're a club. And he'd go, and when we get done, he'd tell me, just remember, my gang's bigger than your gang. And I never knew what that meant until years later when what he was telling me that the cops were really a gang. Yeah, not much is Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting time. Society so you went, from, you went from colors to easy rider after that. How, how long were you yeah. with easy rider? Sort of, kind of, still are. Um, when it got sold, um, while Keith left, um, Dave Nichols took over, and I was contributing to that. It, we got so much of it, it went to In the Wind. That was the overflow stuff. Yeah. Um, then, I really liked that one, by the way. In the Wind, yeah. I, I used to love to get those because you just flipped all those pictures, you know, especially – you know, if you can't ride that weekend or whatever, you flip through those pictures and kind of live vicariously that way. We had articles and so much stuff left over, and here's some good photos. What are we going to do with them? So somebody came up with the idea, and I think I think Kim Peterson was running most of it. Um, 
let's use these photos. And then sometimes after that, um, Bob Limpkin, who ran FTW and some newspapers and stuff, came on board and we did Biker. Okay? It was, at this time, Easy Riders was starting to do the custom bikes and the big builders and the shows and getting away from and some of the, what I consider the fun stuff. So they came out with Biker. I I did a lot with them for the 25 years that it ran. Dean Schaller did a hell of a job as editor. Uh, when he retired, uh, they closed the magazine. So it was, uh, and then Easy Riders got sold. And I sort of, Hey, you guys need something or somebody can't make an event, give me a call, but I'm starting to back out of this. And of course now people are teaching me how to do this internet stuff, doing stuff with Keith. Keith and I worked uh, 23, 24, five years together. And when he went on to do the internet stuff with Bikernet, you know, you mind giving me a hand, you know, till I can get it rolling. 25, 26 years later, we're still doing the same thing, you know. Matter of fact, right I just, yeah, he's 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 better be better be busy. He's supposed to be posting today, tonight. So I sent him <laughs> a couple. I sent him a couple. He's the boss, but I get I get to do that once in a while with him. He's a, he's a good guy to work with, and it it's a nice publication. I think it's uh. It's Internet Magazine. You guys can go take a peek at it. It's free. It's just called bikernet.com. I'm sure you can find it. All right. We'll, we'll do that. Okay. Bikernet.com. So all you people out there listening, go to bikernet, bikernet.com. I can't speak today. <laughs> so, hey, whatever you were writing for, like, Biker and Easy Rider, you, know, you see all these events that they went to, especially Biker. Biker would uh, go to all these club parties. So does that mean you spent your your days and weekends hitting all these club parties? Yeah. <laughs> well, Man, that's a tough life. Actually, actually all through this, when yeah. I was in Connecticut, I worked in a steel mill. I I was very lucky when I went in the military. They taught me a trade. Um, people think I'm a good wrench. I pretty much you can throw all the parts of a motorcycle in a box. I can put it back together. Um, somewhere along the line back in the 70s, I think the first company was Andrews Cams. And one of my buddies' brother worked for Andrews. So we used to get experimental cams. Here, try these out. Tell us what you think. And, you know, sometimes we'd keep them in. We'd be the fastest boy around. Other times we'd put them back in a box and send it back to them. Um, as this progressed to other parts, we get stuff. See if you could break this. Duh, I just broke your <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> What'd you do? I fixed it. How'd you fix it? So, okay. So we were doing technically what we call R&D today. You, know, so you give me stuff and your engineer did this, you know. <clears throat> Don't let me run into your engineer. He got some knuckle drill to come in. He's a pot of dumb. <laughs> and then other yeah. times, though, when I see the guy, I owe you a couple beers, man. You know, because we're doing good. Oh, it was, right it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun 
thing, and I progressed to doing that. Of course, the, now I'm in the club and stuff, and we're going to from Connecticut and the other places, and of course Laconia. You know, that's right up the road. That's a nice fun ride. Um, then we started going to Daytona. So and you know now we're getting to meet other clubs, people other parts of the country. So, well, since you're here in town, how about writing an article on what's going on in Daytona? And uh, we get a paycheck in the form of you get 300 bucks, okay? You owe me an article, okay? Okay. So, how you spent that money is pretty much yours. At that time, when it was Easy Riders, you check in in the morning, they'd give you rolls of film. You go out and shoot the film and turn the film and you never saw the photos. Okay. And back then it was like 36 shots to a row. I hope I got 10 good ones that are in focus. Now yeah. with the digital stuff, it's a piece of cake. You know, you just look at it and whatever. So yeah. Plus hundreds of shots. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's come a long way. It's made our life a whole whole lot easier. So you're still writing and, and doing pictures and, and, and still knee deep in all this. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now I'm motorcycle riders foundation. I was following up on some stuff. They actually are working on a profiling bill for motorcycle people. There's it's against a lot of profile, just about everybody except bikers. Right, so uh, we're talking to these guys. Come on, and there are some people that have done all the work on this. They've passed it in numerous places. So why are we going through the stuff like we did back in the seventies, a state at a time? Get a hold of motorcycle riders Foundation. Make this thing illegal on a national level. Okay, and they're doing that right now. There's something coming up, and you could find out about the Motorcycle Riders Foundation. Um, I think people should support it. Um, there are a lot of motorcycle rights organizations. I support most of them. There are, like anything, there's a couple that, um, me personally, just I don't like the way they run. But other people do. So, yeah, well, this is something we're never going to make everybody happy all the time. So, yeah. But you need to get out there and do something. Yeah. And, and, you know, these things that came from work, years and years of work. Okay, And during that time, a lot of people went to jail fighting for this and making things change. <clears throat> and we're still dealing with it. So what people nowadays can do support things like the Motorcycle Riders Foundation. My other thing that I'm up to my ass, okay, it's a veteran situation. I, I deal with um, veterans' rights and uh, some of them not being bikers now. So it all goes back to the clubs that have military people in them. Sure. You should be getting medical attention. You're not. Um, I work with them to help them get into the VA medical system and disabilities 
if now, they do you, are. Do you have an organization for that, or is this just something you're doing on your own? Yeah, everything sort of now falls under Biker Lives Matter. So the word says it. If it's a biker, um, you're a veteran and a biker. Oh, yeah, well, you qualify. You know. So it it starts. All of this stuff starts off like us talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah, let me get a hold of him. That's that's one thing I got. I know guys. Okay, I really know a lot of guys. So when we have an issue, you did this. You're better than me at this. Come on, let's get involved in this. And we work together to make these changes. And it's working. It's worked my whole life. And the more people that we bring into it, the better it is. There is a system, and people are teaching me this system, and I pass it on to BikerNet, things like this show, other kind of things, and we're sharing information with other people. Okay? They, in turn, share it. That worked. Okay? Uh, that didn't go quite like you told me it was going to rogue. Okay, yeah. what did you do different than what we discussed? And then we go back, take your input why it didn't work, <clears throat> look and see why that didn't happen, and go back and do it again till we get it right. It's so you're down in Florida now, right? Yeah, yeah. Is, is a lot of this uh, local to, to where you are? Or is this a whole nationwide thing that you're doing? Nationwide. nationwide. Oh, right on. I mean, I do it, I do it locally. Um, I've been lucky to... My congressman is on his website is if you are a veteran and you have an issue, um, call my office. His name is uh, Bill Posey. So he helped me and other veterans with stuff. So what I did when he was running for office, the boys and myself went out and put up a whole bunch of them big signs for him. Not the little ones you stick in your yard, but we put up, you know, we don't have no money or some people that got money give them to them. But yeah. I don't have that kind of money, but I got time and I got friends and we got pickup trucks. <laughs> so we go put up signs as a way of helping them. And then we show people in the bike again. They take a picture of me wearing his shirt. Okay. Oh, okay. So, you know, we're walking advertisements. People go, yeah. You know? So, um, that's part of the system, how we do this. I mean, I, years ago, when I first moved to Florida, um, I stood on the street corner waving a sign for one of the congressmen, you know, and, and he actually had, instead of bumper stickers, um, you, we can't put them on a motorcycle, and we had a helmet on Florida at the time. So he had small stickers made up, and we put them on the helmet. You know, so thing is, if you find a politician that's willing to submit a bill for you, um, you try to keep him in office. Yeah, and, you got to help those who help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like I said, it's, I don't know about everybody, but it's worked well for me. And it's working well for a lot of people. We're in touch with people in other parts of the country. Okay, let me know what's going on out in Arizona. Okay. 
and we'll put it up on Bikernet and share that information. Okay, let me know what's going on up in Massachusetts. So, you know, the guy that's doing the stuff up there is a good friend of mine. Most of these people I can find out we're good friends. We've been doing stuff over here. Look, guys, you know, you're out there. You tell me what's going on. You all can write it down. Send it to me. I'll format it. And we'll get it out. We'll get the news out to people. So, um, and like I said, along the same thing, blogs, you guys are doing the same thing. But just, yeah. You know. So I'm going to shift gears on you a little bit. Okay. Um, so you've had a, a pretty extensive career in the biker world, right? You've seen a lot of fads come and go, a lot of different bike styles. Is, is there a particular, and I'm asking this because, I am a big fan of the 1970s super skinny long choppers. But is there a certain bike style that that just that says that's it? That's it for me. Is there some something for you that's it? If you go back to that second issue of colors, there's a bike on the cover with me on it. It's called Crazy Horse. I built that bike. That was the right motorcycle for me at that time in my life. I have been running a 2009 FLHTC um, with 162,000 on it, I think. Cut traveling. Okay. I, um, I was just lucky to make a hell of a deal um, and ended up with a 2022 Ultra Limited. Now I'm in the process of adding little things to it to make them mine because those are what I'm doing now is I'm traveling all over the country um, and I ride in the rain, I ride in the snow, you know, it's one of them things that you said right you'd on. be here. If you're not in jail, back to the club days. If you're not in jail or the hospital, get your ass here. You know, so, um, It fits my style. I like them all. You know, and uh, we see different people have different style motorcycles. If it fits you, cool, dude. Don't forget now, I'm an old guy, you know. Stuff I used to be able to do 30 years ago, I could still do. Okay. I just yeah. can't do it as quick. Well, hell, John, you're out riding younger guys, I know. Not really. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned how to do some of this. Um, I got, I got good machinery under me. Okay, um, we just went. Um, Barry Wardlow is, a, I think, the top engine builder in the country. But personal opinion, um, his girlfriend and a bunch of the women that we're friends with did that Route 66 ride um, with Harley Davidson uh, out to California. So we get a bright idea. We do. Want to go for a ride? Yeah. Don't you want to know where? No. Okay. Let's go. Where are we going? Show up in Alabama. We're going. We're going to California. Oh, okay. So right on. Off we go. We go out to California and we do a whole bunch of stuff. And I did an article. He did an article. We came back here just in time to change oil and do a couple things and ride a surgeon. Get a couple, do a couple things like that. Now, 
things have changed a little bit. You know, it's, it's, a lot of it is when you're working nine to five kind of deal, um, you don't have the time. You're, you know, taking care of yourself oh, yeah. and family and doing all that kind of stuff. Obviously, with my age, I'm on Social Security. I've done a couple of things. I don't have a lot of money, but I do a lot of bartering. I got friends all over the country. I can I can leave tomorrow with a tank of gas and go to Sturgis with no money. That's the dream right there. Yeah. I've been stopping at friends' house, feed me, do this, whatever, you know. Um, so it's... Uh, I tell you what, it, it, it's a really good feeling um, that, uh, you know, I've made, I have these kind of friends in my life and I, I look that back at the club thing in the, in the whole world of motorcycle in the brotherhood that we talk about. Um, I'm lucky I have the, the best of all of the worlds with it. I have friends in clubs. I have friends that are free riders, you know, and, and the, the, the spectrum. So, um, I'm living proof that you can go do this if you really want to do it. I mean, there's a couple of bumps in the road. Don't get me wrong. Okay, but yeah, but that's there, where the good stories come from. Yeah, it's um, people ask me all the time, and I've had my fair share of brushes with the law and and all kinds of stuff. And would you do it over every single? Because the things that I had problems with, I learned from. Do I think it was a mistake? And I think some of the mistakes was some of the people in the government um, that I trusted. Um, You know, um, and I had a couple weird situations. That uh, I was really good friends with Jimmy Carter. President Jimmy Carter's sister and her husband. And at at a time, I was probably somebody that you would like to have as a bodyguard. And I did that for her. And of course, I had a couple of run-ins with the Secret Service. And one of them tried me and lost. Got kind of testy after that, you know, especially when the other guys uh, found out about it. And uh I mean, we're, talking about, we're talking about Bubba, right? What's the, what was huh? his name? Jimmy Carter's brother. What was his name? Uh, I only met him. I only met him once. No, not him. Jimmy Carter's sister, Gloria. Her, she rode and her husband oh, okay. rode. Okay. Oh, I didn't know and, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time bikers. And they, they belong to a club and everything else. So, um. They had had an issue. They were in Talladega, and this club, ain't no women riding motorcycles. They throwed a bike in the water. (laughs) And then the next year, uh, she's riding a Harley. So I got a phone call from uh, Gary Wynn at the AMA telling me what was going on. And, uh, you know, do you think you might be able to go to Talladega? Oh, yeah. So we work out a couple of deals. I end up there. And uh, the guys show up to throw her bike in the water this year. And I have a, I call it, come to God meeting 
Yeah. He might have been just a little pushy in the way I convinced him that if a bird shit on a motorcycle, he was going to hospital kind of stuff. And it was a very thing. So, of course. Of course. Well, that's how some people learn. Well, so, hey. you know, it was reading the situation. I, I got this thing about people coming to me and go, look, we need your help in resolving this situation. Of course, I just went ahead and did it the way we would do things in the club. And, uh, man, what did you do? <laughs> I go, let me tell you something, dude. <clears throat> you want me to do a job, and I agree to do the job. Just don't tell me how to do it. If you don't like how I handle things, go find somebody else. I don't give a deal. So, yep. And I think we That's still fair. have... Pardon? That's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. So, we, we still have people that are doing stuff like that, I'm happy to say. So, um, you know, we, we take care of our own. The things have come a long way. In the biker community, uh, coalitions of clubs, other things, people talking together, doing things together. If there's an issue, let's talk about it before we do something else. So, so come a long way. And, and I, I, I like it. You know. I like it too. Yeah. Well, John, we, we've had you for about an hour. Um, okay. how, how can people get hold of you if they, they wanted to ask you more questions or kind of get involved in your organization? How can they get hold of you? Well, um, I have a thing, a whole bunch of emails, rogue at bikerlivesmatter.com, if it has anything to do with this. I also have rogue at bikernet.com. Those are probably the two best. Depending on, on what the issues are, yeah. We're doing a bunch of stuff now with um, accident scene management courses. It's a big thing we're doing. So um, my friend Vicky Sampolifo out of Wisconsin runs this thing. So a lot of motorcycle people getting hurt, people doing crazy shit. Um, so if we're trained to do something till the paramedics get there, that's another thing we're doing too. So, so it depends. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not hard to find. You can just punch biker rogue in the search engine. Have some fun. See what comes up. Yeah, <laughs> I found a few things. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta put biker rogue in because they got rogue ale and they got rogue this that whatever. So yeah. Yeah, but whatever you whatever you find, oh John Rogue on the internet, you're gonna be uh, in for some. Interesting stories. You, you've been around, John. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm still, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, and I, I'm, I'm looking at hopefully we're setting some kind of thing that for the people that are riding it go. Okay, it's a good life. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's what you want to make it, and there's people, you know, that want to help you do this. Okay. Yeah. Right on. I've been hogging all the questions. Ken, you got anything? No, nah, man. I've just been, <laughs> I've just been so happy just to sit here and listen, man. Um, you know, I didn't have a, you know, 
I'm not, I'm not really going to go there, but no, I, I've, I've just, I've just really been enjoying myself. I feel like there's a lot to learn here and I feel like I've done that, you know? And I mean, I really want to have you back on the show so we can, we can get yeah. some of the stuff. That now, we just remember, time. just remember the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask. Okay? 100%. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things to talk about. Okay. And depending when and where, my thing is, I'm pretty much out there. You know, there's, I mean, there's some things that obviously I can't talk or won't talk about, but it could be bad for somebody else. Yeah. But if it's just me, bring it on, mother. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have, I, I tell you what, I will, I will ask one question. And this is a question that we haven't asked on the, uh, on the show in a really long time, but I'm feeling nostalgic today. And I want to bring, I want to start bringing this back. All right. You ready for this? Sure. All right. Do French fries go in burritos? What? This is a California thing. <laughs> you know, like burritos, right? Yeah. Do French fries go in burritos? No. You see, I have no see? clue. I know what a burrito. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Stop. Did you just right. say you're from California? Yes. Don't take this personal. But ain't that the <laughs> land? Ain't that the land of fruits and nuts? And I used to do that with the guys. Now remember, Easy Riders was posted in California. My buddy Keith lived there. I got a lot of buddies. But you got a lot of nutcases living out there, like that broad Pelosi and the rest of them, dude. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Just be careful. <laughs> yeah, they put french fries in the burritos. It's because that shit's building. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say Rogue doesn't like french fries in his burritos. That's okay. Yeah. Well, I... well, we can bring him. We can bring him to the dark side eventually. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, well, next see, time we, we have you on, John. Next time we have you on, I want to hear about all the biker parties and the shit that went down. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, the statue of limitations are over, so we can. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> just as long. You know, I don't. I don't care about putting me in jail, but I don't put nobody else in jail. Yeah, Matt, that's that's <laughs> the biker code right there. Yeah, right there. Okay, guys, so, it's been my pleasure. Uh, I hope we, you, know, you guys, got a shot to do this again, and we're all available. I, mean, I hope, oh, I absolutely. hope this has helped people. Um, you know, absolutely. I, one of the things that has happened is I have become the saver of history. Back when we started this, we're going to keep copies of it. So. Because somewhere along the line, like when we did the thing in Washington and testified before the federal committee and all the rest of that, oh, yeah, I was there and I did that. And they are rewriting history. What's that? Oh, yeah. Dude. No. They, they just, no, no. Okay. That's not what happened. Okay. And here's a signing list. Your name wasn't on the signing list. So what were you doing? I know you were back in a hotel room having big fun. Okay. So, yeah. So, we're looking at the people that come and go, Yeah, well, I was at that protest. Okay. What were you doing? We can't talk about that. <laughs> so, um, now we still have 
don't come out here and start kind of tell stories because we still got the records. Well, now, with the electronic world and my kid hooking me up with this stuff and bandit, whatever. So, given time, what happened during Bike Week 1972? Give me about an hour. We'll go find it. So, and what you're doing now and passing this on is the same kind of thing. We're educating people that I normally don't get to educate or talk to. And I think that, I hope that's what we're doing. You know, that's exactly that's what, I'm what we're doing. Okay. I, that's yep. just what I, you know, because <clears throat> sometimes I don't get to, I don't get to hang with the younger guys as much as I'd like to sometimes, you know. Um, you hear that, Ken? He called me a younger guy. You hear that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let you have that one, Jim. I'll let you have that one. <laughs> the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and then. It's all right. Every now and then. <laughs> All right, John, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so it much. It has been, guys. Appreciate it. You guys have a good night and stay safe out there. Absolutely. Too, we appreciate man. that, John. Seriously. And then I can't I can't look forward to the second episode of this one. Uh, because we're we're definitely gonna make that happen. Um, but okay, again, well, you got my contact information and you got my son's contact information who did all this because like I said, how do you turn the freaking cell phone on? Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Outstanding. Okay. Well, again, John, we appreciate your time and we appreciate all you guys at home listening or in your in your pickups. Uh I, I uh I'm sorry for uh catching a couple of you guys off guard last time. I got I received a couple of Instagram uh private messages. Be like, dude, like are you in my truck with me? This is weird. Uh that you called me <laughs> out in my pickup truck. So um yeah, there's that. We appreciate the love and support, guys, and we will catch you next week. Bye.